So in this increasingly sensitive social and political climate, we have been trying to figure out how to address some of the things we want to address with recent events Mm -hmm. in a way that, that continues to bring truth and grace and not push people away. And at the same time, we've been trying to ask ourselves some questions. Yeah, like if these things that we're seeing Mm-hmm. aren't still issues then why do we have to keep having conversations about it like is it even worth trying to navigate the conversations around racial reconciliation or equity or justice in the church especially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like should we have to do that again right and and again and again and again and again <laughs> but really while again. we've been going over these questions one of the things that came up in our conversations this week was where are the prophetic voices where y'all at though in the church where the prophets at y'all take vacation y'all just where, don't want to come in today where the call where in the, sick mm-hmm. you just phone it in <laughs> well, show up not say nothing stick around we're going to talk about that on this episode so uh, let's get to it You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today we are asking the question. Well, we're asking a lot of questions. Yes. One of them is, where the prophet's at? Where is the prophetic voice in the church? Can't hear you. Can speak up for the ones in the back. Um, (laughs) But before we get to that, um, Inner Circle, how y'all doing? Hey. Oh, we have some. Thanksgiving and stuff. Well, we can ask them later. Okay. Um, So we have some, we have an episode for the Inner Circle that we have been, um, it was really, it sparked a conversation. One of our listeners had asked like about the frustration tolerance that we mentioned a few episodes back, like more yes. than a few episodes back. Yeah. And it's something that's come up in conversation. We just, we're, we're going to talk about it with inner circle. It's going to be good. And so if you, you want to be, a, that. If you want to be a part of that, you should join. You got to be, be a part, part of, of it. Circle, y'all. You should get in. Come on. You'd like it. There's room. The water's fine. We want you there. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into this. So, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news. We had, uh, as far as social justice stuff happening, we had uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial that just mm-hmm. happened recently. Um, and then we had, I don't even remember the murders of Ahmaud Arbery's name, but those guys. three people. The son, the well, father's son. And, and the, uh, the young lady. After that trial, there was a young lady that was brought in. Okay, yeah. She had been, yeah. So the DA. There, there's been a lot happening, mm-hmm. right? And as we've been kind of looking at this, we've been having our own opinions that we normally keep to ourselves and off social media, but we were just kind of looking at this concept of justice. And one of the things that I said was like, is it worth talking about why so many people were upset uh, about the Kyle Rittenhouse um, verdict, right? Mm. Not whether, wherever you stand on it. I I just wasn't sure that there was a lot of understanding as to where the rage was coming from. (laughs) Is there ever understanding about it? I, I don't know. And that I felt like people were, uh, people that I know, at least, and especially in the evangelical culture, were like, "What are they so upset? Why are people so upset?" Well, and uh, and it was, "Why are you so upset?" Because the the victims mm-hmm. of Kyle Rittenhouse were not all people of color. So it was like, yeah. "Well, what are you even upset about?" It's not. It's not like your people. Oh, none of them were people. Of color. Yeah, none of them were. But it's like, why are you even so upset? I don't even get it. Like, it's not like black people died. Yeah. 
And it's, it's totally missing. Yeah, missing the point <laughs> of how a system it has been um, presenting dual standards mm-hmm. for different Americans look different and, ways. And blatantly, with no, oh, yeah. like, just out there, just like, yeah, that's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. That's just how it is. That's how it is here. That's that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. And um, And so looking at that, I was like, should we go into this idea of, like, what justice truly is? And should mm. we talk about this? And my, my wife being the prophet in the, in this situation, um, was like, no, I think we need the prophetic voice right now. Like, I don't Mm. think we need the teacher. I don't think we need the, um, the evangelist right now. Like, I think right now we need to have the prophetic voice speak out into the situation to the church, to the church, specifically Mm -hmm. to the church. Um, because the prophet, like, it doesn't matter if he speaks to non-believers, like, or she, I mean, they can Jonah. Yeah. It worked. It did. It. You're right. You're right. But I mean, yeah. at the same time, we're, we're called to uh, be the, the voice in the church that, that calls the bride into purity, mm-hmm. by, that calls the church into a, a place where mm-hmm. the church is being the church, being the hands and feet of Christ and representing yeah. Jesus well. Yeah. And one of the things I saw on social media was there's, there were a lot of church leaders were commenting on the lack of justice as far as like, hey, there's still injustice in this in this uh, nation. Mm. And this verdict shows how unjust the system can be towards others. Because what it did was, whether or not you believe Kyle Rittenhouse should have been um, acquitted or uh, sentenced, um, the fact that he got off without any charges highlights all these other cases that have similar um, criteria mm-hmm. where people were sentenced to life or worse. Or, and, or less criteria. Exactly. I mean, just simple possession of a firearm or yeah. simple being in a place that Stealing you a piece of pizza, shouldn't be. Getting 20 years. Like, like All of these things that it's like, wait a second, are, are we now going to go back and reevaluate these cases and say that, oh, well, actually, based on using the same logic and the same argument, the same case building yeah. that uh, Mr. Rittenhouse's uh, defense attorney used, well, let's go ahead and let's reevaluate. But that didn't, that's not going to happen, and it doesn't happen that way. And so when, when church leaders spoke out and continued to speak on saying, no, this is, this is not good, this is not right, um, that's great. Like, we love to see, like, oh, church yeah. leaders get it. The hard part is, and if you are in ministry or you've known pastors in ministry, one of the hardest things is, like, you can have sound theology. Mm-hmm. You can have an orthodox view of Scripture. You can sola gratia, sola fide. You can have that mm-hmm. as a leader of the flock. And within that flock, you can still have people who are deviating. Yes. Who are like, actually, and they have some random, crazy theory about some random scripture. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dang. But you sit under that leader. That's weird. But it's not the leader's fault necessarily. And what we see in the church right now with a lot of these issues is you'll have solid church leaders speaking um, from truth and grace and love. And then you'll have the lay people who get on their little device. Warriors. And those thumbs be going crazy mm-hmm. with some nonsense. And that's yeah. unfortunately, people aren't just looking at the church leaders of today and saying, oh, well, they represent the church. They're looking at their neighbor. Yeah. They're looking at their coworker and they're Come looking on. at their cousin who's like, well, you say you're yeah. a believer, but yet you're also saying that there's absolutely nothing wrong with this standard of justice in this country. Well, and I think that I think you bring up a good point. The the culture in mass doesn't look toward educated and qualified people mm-hmm. as experts anymore come on like, and i think that's in all genres mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, how many times i think this started with and this is my own personal opinion but i think it started with us exemplifying celebrities as voices yeah so then we started anybody that has any sort of platform mm-hmm. we lift their voice up as a leader 
uh, when people who have a platform have a responsibility, but they don't always have the expertise Come on. that comes along with that responsibility. And so um, as a culture, we don't always go to experts. Mm-mm. If that were the case, there would be like <laughs> a lot less nonsense bickering about simple stuff, right? Like but illnesses like, and, and immunology. You, exactly. Um, injustice and all this stuff, right? But instead of going to the church leaders to be like, hey, clarify what Christians believe about this, we're, we are, we're looking at our crazy auntie, this po- posting whatever viral meme she saw that was like, <laughs> that makes sense. And putting that up there mm-hmm. and people are seeing that and they're like, oh, wow, that's now that's Christianity. That's what being yeah. a Christian really is. Yeah. And so just those of you listening who are believers understand, and I've heard it said a billion times, but you may be the only Bible people read. Mm-hmm. You may be the only Jesus people see in their life. And so you do have a responsibility um, to represent what you believe well. Uh, mm. even if what you're putting out there, you're like, well, I don't really believe this, but it's funny or it's clever or whatever. Yeah. People are going to take that as an excuse to, to point the finger at all Christianity. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I didn't sign on for that. Yes, you did. When you yeah. accepted Jesus, you signed on for that. But yeah. anyway. and, and it's crazy. Like there's, there's so many different views of with particular, like with, with this particular case, there's views of what the verdict means. Mm-hmm. Um, some people see it as problematic because it sets a precedent. Mm-hmm. For anybody who wants to just take an AR-15 and start going into these crowded situations and, and exacting their own justice. And protecting, um, quote And unquote. protecting people. Um, but it also, um, some people see it as a victory. This mm-hmm. is a victory for guns rights. It's a victory mm-hmm. for every man or woman who, who feels the need to protect other people or themselves in any kind of way. Um, yeah. but, but very few people on on either end of the spectrum, I should say, um, very few make the distinct observation that the standard of judgment in this country is weighted. Like the people who are in these different camps of like, well, I'm worried that it's going to do this. And, oh, I'm super excited that it's going to be this. They're not even recognizing the the main problem or the main, um, the main thing we should be focusing on, which is like, well, how do we make this more equitable for everyone? Not trying Mm -hmm. to use it as an advantage for our own gain Mm -hmm. and also not trying to be, um, scared and worried that it's going to be um, used in another way for other people. Um, and it, it's crazy just to me how it's like you, you're missing the point. You're really missing the central part of what we should be discussing as a result of that case in particular. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, there's looking at how the church gets involved in that, in that argument, there's always been um, a prominent wing of God's people who have used the scriptures to maintain their status mm. to justify their position. I mean, you can yeah. go, go back to the old Testament. Like you can mm-hmm. go back to um, any era where the, the people of God were, and you can see there's always been a group of people who have had power, who have bought into a portion of what it means to be a, a follower of God, but yet have maintained their social and worldly status, but are then using scripture to justify their worldly status. Mm. And that's been, that's prominent. That's not yeah. something that, is new to this situation. It's not just American. No, then there's nothing new under the sun. And so this has been happening as long as people have had uh, stuff to protect. Mm. Um, and so when we look at how uh, the church responds, it's really kind of tricky to say, well, this is how the church responds because mm. you have churches and church leaders who saw, I mean, you can go back to like slavery. There were Methodists and Baptists and Pentecostal pastors who were part of the clan, yeah, like who were slave holders and mm-hmm. owners. And like there were people who um, there are ordained elders who are convicted of, of human trafficking mm-hmm. and like um, child pornography. Like there are people that 
sin. And because of their position, uh, they may utilize whatever scripture they need to, to justify the sin in their life. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that people will look at and be like, well, see the church doesn't have a problem with this, but the church does. And Mm -hmm. it needs like the scriptures of like what the Holy spirit breathed and inspired has an issue with sin has an issue with injustice and it takes the prophetic voices to stand up and say, listen, no, like Mm. we as the people of God can't, can't be divided on issues of sin. Yeah. Like, come on, sin, like preference of music, whatever you like organ, you don't, (laughs) I don't care. But on sin, no, we got to stand firm. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because the Pharisees were really, really slick with that. Um, And Jesus called them out, you know, and people looked at Jesus in his time. And even today, they still look at him as a prophet, like Mm -hmm. the, the great prophet, the good prophet. Um, and he would say to them, like, you, like, (laughs) he called them sons of hell, Mm -hmm. which is one thing to take from that. But he also was like, you neglect the weightier issues of the gospel. You, you tithe your mint and you're like, you're meticulous. And it's crazy because it was a scale that they would use to weigh out how much they would have to give, to give the exact amount they were supposed to give. And they would do it to a meticulous degree. And it was so well done. But yet when it came to the matters of people and the heart and how people were treated and regarded in society with dignity, they were missing it. And he pointed them out for that. And he was like, look, that great. Like you can, you can obey that part of the law, but you are missing the actual weightiest part of the gospel and, and leading people astray in that. And that's something that as church leaders, but as church lay people and just your average Christians, we should be paying attention to the weightier matters of the gospel. Yeah. And Speaking of what those are, um, a huge one, if you're a Bible reading person, as any believer should be, uh, is justice. Like the, the exploitation of the poor and the downtrodden and those who live on the peripheral of society, exploiting those people and um, using them for your own gain and overlooking the justice for them is something that God has never Ever, 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 ever looked kindly on. Like that's never mm. been something where Jesus was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Go ahead and, uh, yeah, orphans, widows, forget them. If you got money, you're right with me. And that's, that's <laughs> never been something that God has said. Not God's bumper sticker. No, it's not. It'd be a long bumper sticker. We might have a big car. I don't know what God drives. Like, I don't, anyway. Um, and so the church now, like Jesus did in his day, the church being the body of Christ, has an opportunity to speak into these situations mm-hmm. and be like, hey, no, like we're, we can't focus on these minor things. We need to focus on the weightier issues mm-hmm. on the things that truly matter yeah. um, and how we relate to other people and how we love other people yeah. and how we live out the gospel. Yeah. But what happens is there's so much arguing. Like we, there's so much debate over which is more important when, when it comes to even um, matters of justice. So we yeah. have people of color and indigenous people, and then we have child trafficking, mm-hmm. which is a huge, it's always just child trafficking, which just a side note, it's human trafficking. Yeah. Children are a part of that, but there, there are people that are not children that are being trafficked as well. Sure. And that's a huge problem um, in this country and, and in other parts of the world. But we tend to say, well, which one's more important mm. um, instead of evaluating, well, what's my context? Mm-hmm. Who do I have influence with? And what resources do I have? And how can I best enact change in which area? And not yeah. to say that, oh, well, obviously black people aren't as important as indigenous people or um, children and, and women that are being trafficked and abused aren't as important. As these, it's not that it's saying, well, where can I find the greatest impact yeah. with what I can do with, with the gifts that I've been given? And instead we, we like to throw our fists in the air. We like to argue which one's more important. And, um, there's that, that opportunity gets missed. Yeah. And then 
where our voice matters most, many people are, are silent. Yeah. And that is crazy to me because when I read the scriptures, it tells me that wisdom cries out. Yeah. The word tells me that true wisdom will be out in the streets calling for what is right and what is good. And what the church tends to do is we either are arguing and shouting into the wind, mm-hmm. hevel, or we're sitting behind our computer screen or our phone and we're silent. Yeah. We have nothing. We don't have anything to contribute to the conversation. I don't mean silent as in necessarily inactive, but I mean like you're saying a bunch, but you're not really saying anything. You're saying something, but you ain't you're, saying you're saying you're saying stuff, but you're not saying anything well, of value. And, and I want to go back a little bit to what you're talking about. Everybody's fighting for their own point of view. And I think that's one of the beauties of scripture, but also one of the dangers of scripture, especially when you mm. separate um, historic Christianity from its base, from its foundation. When you um, so the beauty of scripture is that you can take the word of God anywhere on earth and you can contextually explain it and everyone can access the truth of God's word. So that's beautiful. That's an amazing Mm. thing about the word of God. Now where it becomes an issue is when people start to um, take their context that they've accepted and understood Jesus in and they start to universalize that context and say, okay, this, because this is what was important to me when I found Christ, Mm. this is the most important thing. And so you, you start to interpret scripture through your own context alone. And then you start fighting against other people who are doing the same thing. And so somebody who came to Christ because they realized that they had too much money and their, their life was meaningless. And so they start to shout at other people like, Hey, you need to focus on how lowly you are. And you need to like, that's what's important. They come up against people who came to Christ because they felt worthless and Christ gave them worth. And now they're arguing against each other over something that and this mm. is just two examples, but it happens with different social issues. Like, well, this was really important to me when I found out who Jesus was. And so what you believe isn't as important. We need to fight about this thing. And mm. so when we have that open to interpretation, it's easy to misrepresent the heart of God, mm. especially when you separate that from the, the historical foundation of Christ. Yeah. Because what you're doing then is um, you're using your emotions and your own experience to color your worldview and how you read the, the gospel instead of allowing the gospel to, to change the lens with mm, which you see that's good. the world. Yeah. Um, sorry, I wanted to go back to that just for mm-hmm. a second because I think that is why we miss wisdom crying out. Yeah. That's why we miss it is because we're so focused on our own camp, our own mm. interpretation, our own denomination or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's good. So, yeah. Just well, yeah, that. and I mean, you're talking about the, the essence of exegesis versus eisegesis yes. for those nerds sitting in here with me. Come on, Rude. pull it on up. We're I'm good. I'm the only person in the room. You'll say that like that. <laughs> for those uh, the other nerds. nerds in the room um, that are not me, definitely not me, yeah, not but, the camera. But I said Jesus being like, <laughs> I I am reading into the scriptural text what I want it to say. Yes. And and this is what proof texting does. We mm-hmm. can say, oh, and they, they've done it forever. Like you can find so many examples of this throughout history. Remember when Satan um, did that with Jesus? I, exactly. Like, yeah. hey, uh, look, if you're really the son of God, what the Bible says is, is what you're going to do. Yep. And he's like, oh, it's funny how you know the word of God. Jesus, why don't you get behind me? Why don't you leave me alone? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hush. <laughs> Be gone. Poof, you're gone. Anyway. Um, but it's crazy how much we've seen that used. And in this nation, we've seen it used. We talked about um, with our Thanksgiving episode, we talked about manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. And like all of these things that unfortunately have become perpetuated in ways we don't even realize because we're so far removed from that original context yeah that we see it now we're like oh shoot i didn't know that that's what that was and when we do that with the word of god mm-hmm. we get so far away from the original context and we we don't understand through the power of the holy spirit how to take what jesus said about 
um, agriculture mm-hmm. and apply it to our situation with finances or with stewardship or with kindness, yeah, then we start to make all kinds of versions of Jesus and the word of God that aren't really helping anybody. It's actually, as Jesus said to the Pharisees, is making people twice the son of hell mm. as we are with our misinterpretation and our misapplication of the word. That's so good. And I think when the church doesn't take those opportunities because they're so busy representing their own point of view, mm-hmm. um, then the church leaves room for people who do get the weightier things, mm-hmm. who do see the, the, the heart. And we talked about this when we talked about um, the BLM organization versus the Oof, movement. Come on. How had it's a good the, episode. You should read it. Right. Had the it. church stepped up and stepped into that space, then there wouldn't have need to be, uh, there would be no need for a secular mm-hmm. um, organization yeah. that picked up the plight of, of the downtrodden of mm-hmm. black people who are being, su- who are being killed by the police. Well, and appealing to something in the black cultural identity mm-hmm. that is missing. That's right. When we're appealing to the secularist humanist view of black identity, which is subpar in dignity and value. I'll just say that is subpar to what God has, to what God has for us. Um, But when you have people are appealing to that because now you can brand it. Mm -hmm. Now I can sell it. I can package it up for you nicely and sell it. And the church is like, how can we compete with that? All we have is the ultimate authority and (laughs) glory and grace of God, our creator who dignifies us with himself imputing to us his righteousness. How are we going to compete with that? And I think because we try to compete instead of just being who we're supposed to be and calling out from, from a place of, of righteousness, of humility, mm-hmm. of uh, justice, of ultimate justice in mm-hmm. the heart of Christ, um, then we do leave room for these, these organizations or for uh, movements to happen that are actually um, harmful mm-hmm. to people. Not every movement, but there are movements that have come that are... Um, they're focused on the wrong thing for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if the church were to step into those spaces with the gospel of grace, with the truth of scripture and, and serve the people who mm-hmm. need to hear about this gospel, then we would have the right people doing the right thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. it would just go together. It'd be like peanut butter and jelly. Like it'd just go together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be just On delicious. white bread or wheat bread? It's, I like the honey wheat personally. Okay. Just making sure. I mean, some people like white bread. I don't know. Nothing. You know, that's, that's, we ain't gonna fight about that. That's okay. not, <laughs> Let's put on a Hawaiian roll for all I care is (laughs) peanut butter and jelly. Um, So, yeah, I I love I love where this conversation is going because I'm starting to get fired up. Fired up. No, um, but but here's here's the thing. Going back to our original question, where are the prophetic voices? I'm I'm not talking. talking, (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But like I have gotten so frustrated at times with the church as of the last couple of years, especially during um, the last presidential campaign and all Mm -hmm. like there were so many things about. American evangelical Christianity that I was like, I'm sorry. Who do you think that you are? Who name is you? And who hurts you? Like, but there's so many things about prophets and prophecies and all of it that just got so jumbled up Mm -hmm. in fortune telling and antics. And I'm sorry. Like we made sound bites. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We made sound bites about how to activate the Holy spirit. Come on. And you remember the window. Blowing the wind of God. Wind of COVID nineteen. Anyway, and he blew on the screen, and yeah. then oh, see, and but we ma- people make fun of that, mm-hmm. and I mean honestly, I don't blame them because it's comical. It's like, oh my gosh, really? Like Ta-da-da. that's what prophets of God have been reduced to mm-hmm. in this context. Like, what are we? We're so desperate. We're just Minstrel grasping shows. at anything. Like, what are we, we doing? Right, and so I'm like, let's let's not let's take off the the paint mm-hmm. and let's let's be real about what prophets actually did mm-hmm. and what it meant for the people of God. One thing that's crazy is that multiple times in scripture, there's, there's so many books about it. 
what the prophets would do, how they would do it. Now, not all of them did it in the same way and not one single prophet had the exact same personality of the other. Yeah. Most different. of them were not liked. People saw prophets come there like, oh, here they, they got something else to say about what God's going to do. And, <sighs> and most of the time, <laughs> oh, hey, Jeremiah. <laughs> Oh, you crying again? Uh, again. Surprise, guess surprise. What? Oh, let me guess. I'm sinning. Okay. Oh, okay. It's like filthy rags. Okay, I get it. <laughs> but no, like with the way that these prophets did it, it was always contextual. It always was like pertinent to that situation, what was happening. Yeah. Um, it was bold. Even, even the ones that were like, oh God, like I'm not worthy. It was like, no, they went and they gave that word. And they were like, this is what the Lord God declares over you. You who have forgotten who you are and who I've called <laughs> you to be. Yeah. <laughs> and like they, they gave the word. And the people of God either responded, well, they responded one way or the other. They either responded favorably <clears throat> and saw um, the fruit of that, or they responded out of their own arrogance and their stiff neckedness and saw the fruit of that as well. Don't I get like the stick neck, stiff necked, connectedness, stick, 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 stick figured, stick, stick ball, uh, stiff necked, West, West Coast connection. Um, <laughs> I, I loved in, um, Oh, I'm spacing on which book of the Bible it is, but he was a very minor prophet, but the two Kings of Israel and Judah were meeting together and they called all the prophets that they knew and like, Hey, uh, should I go to war? And they're all like, yeah, go to war. <laughs> and like, is there anyone else? And this other dude shows up and he's like, listen, y'all don't want to hear what I got to say. So just do what you're going to do anyway. Like, don't, don't worry about me. And they're like, no, tell us. And he's like, yeah, I mean, go, but go. Cause God wants to kill you. Like you're mm -hmm. going to die. Mm -hmm. So, but go, yeah, go ahead and make it happen. Um, and they're like, I'll see you when I get back. It's like, if you go, if you come back, God didn't say nothing. Like if you can't, if you come back, God has never spoken. Bold. And, but yeah. And that's bold. And so like now we have to look at since we like the Holy Spirit doesn't change since God mm -hmm. doesn't change because the Holy Spirit is God. Where, where's that? Sense where's that of where, where to go in our church? Like, where's the zeal? Where's this like for the church, for the church, for the purity of God's church? Because we believe in the value and the power of his name mm -hmm. for, for my namesake. When he gives reasons, he's like, look, I'm not, I'm not just doing this because I'm doing just this. I'm doing this because for my namesake, mm -hmm. I will save you. For my namesake, I will rescue you from this pit that you dug for yourself. For my namesake. That's right. So we, why are we profaning the name of God, the living God, by saying like, oh, I don't know if I should say anything. I don't know if I should speak up. Yeah. those who can't speak for themselves. I don't know if I'm actually commanded from the word of God to do that. It's hard. Like, well, and we're, we're going to get into where the prophets are, like where, where's that voice mm. um, in just a second. But first, if you've gotten value thus far, please share, please like, please subscribe. Let somebody know about the mm -hmm. next week podcast mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because we talk about stuff like this all the time. With with that kind of accent, sometimes some and you can <laughs> y'all if you know me every now and again I just bust out a random accent. It's just it's quick, I don't it's know pretty why. funny. I don't especially it's when just, it's like European accent, but it's like it's kind of mixes with other ones. I got the southern down a little bit. I can do the, anyway. Um. So uh, anyway, where are the prophet? We already talked about what a prophet is. Um. Prophet is not someone who uh, tells the future, who foretells necessarily. Although there are some prophecies. Of the future that that can happen, yeah, like the Book of Daniel, we have <clears throat> the prophecy, um, um, Ezekiel, I mean, Revelation, is the, Revel yeah. it's the Revelation, the Revelator, um, John, and so you have these prophecies, yes, that that came to be, but nine times out of ten, they were foretelling, not foretelling. Mm, that's so good. They were coming forth and telling the truth of God, and it was always something that God could back up in His Word. Like and if, it wasn't always fortune. No, telling. no. Most of the time, it was like, listen, you're going to suffer. If you don't repent, like mm. repent, like even Jesus, his first message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Like 
that was the message of the prophets throughout mm. the Old Testament. And um, if somebody ever comes to you with a prophecy and it's not backed up by scripture, it's not a prophecy from Book, God. chapter, verse. If it's not backed up by scripture, it's not a prophecy from God. And so if anybody comes to you and they're telling you what God told them to say, okay, cool. Well, then you can show me where that is in his word. Mm-hmm. God told me that, God told me to tell you that, Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, mm-hmm. I got the same Holy Spirit, so if he told you, he's going to confirm it in, in something when, within me. So show me where this, this word is, because um, mm-hmm. God will never go against his word. And so yeah. just understand that about what a prophet is. And so when we're asking for the prophetic voice, we're not saying, where are all the people that are going to tell us how COVID-19 is going to end? Where are all the people that are going to prophesy when the end of the world is going to come? Where, right. where, where, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, where are those voices that are going to forth tell the truth of God mm-hmm. without buying into fear? without buying into politics, propaganda. without buying into propaganda, fear of man, fear of all of this stuff mm-hmm. that, that has been um, tainting mm-hmm. the prophetic voice in the, the Western church, especially yeah. the American church for, for a long time now, yeah. well, for and several years. I think for me, the heart of it, and this is, this is, this is me preferential, I, I seek and I desire those, those prophetic voices who call for repentance. Yeah. Not the ones that are telling me like, oh, look over here. Oh, look. And Jesus said that. Don't, don't, don't listen to them. Oh, yeah. look over here. Here it is. Oh, here it is. No. I, tell me the truth. Tell me about myself. Tell, I, I don't, I don't care so much about the, the futuristic musings about what this means for, like, we know God's word tells us like, Hey, if, if these things keep happening this way, this is how it's going to end up. Yeah. Like it just, it's just the way it's set up. God set it up from the very beginning this way. But what about like, hey, listen, um, church, the way we've been doing this is wrong. Mm-hmm. It is not honoring to God. And because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Paul did it. Yep. Unabashedly did it. Like, That's listen, right. you be sleeping with your relatives. You be stealing money from the Slander, church. You be slandered. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. This is not the fruit of the spirit. That's right. And so like, as far as prophetic voices and prophecy and like these things that, that are good, um, that, that we do need to hear. One of the things that is consistent in the word of God is the repentance, calling for the yeah. repentance, like turn away from this. God has better for you. God did not design you for this. Turn away from it and, and be filled with what God has for you. Yeah. So to answer the question, where is the prophetic voice? Y'all it's here and it's, it's quiet though. Mm. And I know some of you know what I'm talking about, where you've had that, that burning in your stomach, that, that feeling of like, I need to say something right now. Like I need to speak out against this or I need to address this person about the sin issue in their life. Um, but you've quieted, you've, you've um, quenched the Holy spirit mm. because you don't want to be disliked. You don't want to be, uh, you don't want to receive the vitriol that may come with speaking the truth of God. And so the, the spirit of God has not left and mm. has not like abandoned us without a prophetic voice. But a lot of times we quietly um, try to speak the prophetic voice without risking anything. Ooh. And when you do that, you're not actually operating in the prophetic. You're not mm. actually operating in what God has called you to do. Yeah. And not every single person receives some prophetic musing where God's like, hey, remember that verse? Uh, this person, this is how they need to live this out, or this is how it's not being represented in the church. Um, so if that's not you and you don't feel that conviction, then understand that that may not be your gifting. But as a church, the prophetic voice is present. Mm. And I know because I'm sitting next to a prophet. My wife is always over there. <laughs> who that? Who that over there? Um, my wife is always speaking 
in ways where I'm like, I don't want to, to hear the truth right now. Please just let me live in my lie and let me just, just stop it. I want to be disillusioned. In the I moment. believe the wording you use often is I feel attacked. I feel attacked. I feel like what you're saying is directed at my soul and I don't like it. And here, the, but just from, from my perspective, uh-huh. just know that the heart behind it is never that. And most of the time I'll say things, I don't even know that I'm saying it to you. Mm-hmm. I won't know that I'm saying it for a particular, I don't know what God's doing in another person or in mm-hmm. a situation. I'll just be like, look, um, no, I, something about that is just not right. And you mm-hmm. know what, what about this that God says? Yeah. And I have gotten responses from people that are like, you know what? You need to shut up. I don't need, <laughs> I've got, I have, I've gotten the hostile response of it's how so dare true. you. So true. Yeah. Um, you need to leave my office. I've gotten that. Mm-hmm. And I've also, I've also seen what happens when someone won't heed what a prophet says. And we don't have to see it just in real life. Like we don't have to just see it nowadays in our context. We can see like a 66 books Come on. of what happens when the people of God say, I think I'm going to do it my own way. I don't want to listen to you. Um, that's basically what they're saying. I just yeah. don't, I don't want to listen to you. And like, I, I feel like that's enough. That should be enough for us to be like, oh, when someone comes and they can like point to something and very specifically and say, and the word of God says this. That should be enough for us to be like, wow. And so when, when you hear people talk about social justice, um, those people you, you know, mockingly call SJWs and those people you say, oh my gosh, they're always talking about that. And you hear them over and over and over again, saying the same thing and going to God's word and saying, this is what God calls us to. Please, please don't, please don't post those things. Please don't say these things. Please don't treat people this way. And you continually choose to do it over and over and over again. And you ignore that, Mm. that word from God. Yeah. There's going to be fruit of that in your life as well. Yes. It's not just going to be one day. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I didn't know. And he'll be like, oh, really, fam? <laughs> Come on in here. No big deal. No, he's going to be like, actually, you, did, you know. did. You did know. And what did you do with what I gave you? Yeah. And I just want to encourage you, if that's you, if you have that prophetic voice and that prophetic urging in your spirit where you just know. And I'm not talking about, because there's a difference in someone who has the word of God that's just saying like, hey, you need to say this from the word. Versus someone who's like, you need to go tell that person how to live their life. <laughs> like there's, there's different. If you're just bossy, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you might just be a jerk. And that's not what I'm, I'm going for here. But if you know that you've had uh, the Holy Spirit leading you to address something, um, please be encouraged that if he's calling you to say something, he's already doing the work in the other person mm-hmm. to receive that. Um, or he's doing the work in the other person that that's going to trigger something mm-hmm. that he's working out in their life. And mm-hmm. so, so all you need to do is trust the Lord in that. Yeah. But I also want to speak to the church and um, as a church, we need the prophetic voice and we need to be more understanding and accepting of the prophet just as we are of the, the charismatic evan- uh, evangelist, mm. right? We hear the charismatic evangelist. We're like, oh man, they got people, they got butts in seats. This is awesome. Um, and then the prophet comes around and people get mad and leave and we're like, yeah, we can't invite them back to preach anymore. Yeah, our, our church is never going to grow. Yeah, because we never going to grow people to repentance. No, we need that voice. We need that to keep the, the bride of Christ on track. Mm. to keep the, the people of God worshiping in spirit and in truth. You know, I, I think about Ananias and Sapphira a lot. Not a lot. Like, <laughs> I wonder what they were doing. Ananias and Sapphira. That first <laughs> Crazy. <thing. laughs> no, um, I, but no, I, when I, I think about prophetic voices in the mm-hmm. church and people speaking the word of God and it having like instant result, Ooh. I think of them. Yeah. And I think about the, the joke of church attendance um, indicating church success. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a lie. The church, your Straight church up. attendance does not mean that your church is not thriving. Come on. Um, because 
Paul was willing to watch two people drop dead in Peter at that point. Or sorry, Peter. Um, in the church. Mm-hmm. They lost two members. Now back then they didn't <laughs> they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the the mega church mentality that we have. But in that moment, it's like, oh dang, like that's two people. With money. That's two people who have money. They, where their money gonna be now? It's crazy to me how we will do so much to avoid that and we will end up killing the church. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I don't want I don't want those people to leave because they, you know, they have a great they their family has a trust and they mm-hmm. they've been faithful givers and but at the same time they're draining the church of life and they're and, living in sin and they're living in sin and they're encouraging other people to follow them and they're like they're making them twice the son of hell as they are but they have money we need to be willing to walk, to let people walk out the door um if it yeah. means that the church actually can grow in strength and in purity and it's into, called pruning man it's called pruning. And That's you don't, you don't know what God's going to do when, when things fall away that you're able to see the full picture. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Lord, because those people were standing in the way of what you had for this, com- this community. Now I see the beauty of what you had for us. And I really believe the American evangelical church mm-hmm. is going to come to that place at some point. Yeah, a lot uh, maybe, of them already are. Yeah, where we're like, okay, we finally threw off the bonds of our nationalism mm-hmm. and our idolatry. Yeah. And now we can get to the work. But yeah. until then, we're so crippled by what we're the chains that we're dragging on our own that is really hard for us to see that. Yeah, it's good. Well, if you um, felt some kind of way about what we said, sorry for you. Uh, go ahead and keep it to yourself. <laughs> um, go ahead and keep it to yourself. No, go ahead and comment. We'll talk about it. We can talk about it. Um, but share this episode with somebody if this has been an encouragement to you. If you know someone that has that prophetic voice that's been uh, fighting against it, that's been really struggling with their calling in, in Christ, mm-hmm. us. Uh, send this episode to them. Share yeah. share this with them. Yes, yes. So. Well, um, also, just a reminder, mm-hmm. Inner Circle, we're going to have some great I conversations see. with them. So you want to join in on that? It's only $2 a month, so you can yes. join and be a part of that. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this has been the Nick Smith Podcast. We hope that this episode has connected you to living truth. Be, be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.